1: You hear the music, you know the show. You're to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me? Well, at, at first there was 64 or 68, depending upon who you're talking to. It could be 68, it could be 64, but now there are four. And they call those four the final four. And, of course, uh, Everybody who's uh, you know probably living, of course, here in the United States of America knows exactly what I'm talking about, and that is the fact that uh, the NC2A has 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 narrowed it down, and uh, the best has done the best they possibly could, and there's a couple that are still standing there, are some that are not. Of course, uh, one of those great surprises that it, that is not to some people, it's a great surprise to others. That the best team win, and that is the University of Arizona is no longer there to represent uh, University of Arizona. Uh, controversial call, but uh, things happen. Uh, I don't believe that a referee really wins or loses a ball game because you you always want to tell you can't tell a kid or an adult who's playing professional sports that one play does not make a game, but yet and still when it comes down to a call. We want to say that the referee, you know, he lost the game or he took the game. No, let's stay consistent with what we communicate and how we communicate as it relates to sports. If one play does not win or lose a game, then that one call does not make a difference. Uh, You lose the game uh, based upon a series of uh, ineffective plays that you run. If you don't you know, carry out your assignment of, of scoring the basketball, rebounding the basketball, getting stops... Well, then chances are you're probably not going to to win same thing in football if if you don't make tackles if, if you don't take care of the ball you know possess the ball longer than the other team score more points you're probably not going to win that particular day so there are some people that are happy and of course there's others who are not uh but certainly um it is what it is and we will find out uh who end up winning the game. I'm, I'm just happy. We still got a representative from the big 10 there. Uh, of course, you know, you're going to see Wisconsin. I, I did not. Well, when you think about Wisconsin now, Wisconsin's basketball team, you know, it's a fundamentally sound basketball team. They play basketball, you know, the way basketball should be played. They distribute the ball. Uh, they got people who contribute. They got a big fellow who can come out and shoot three pointers and he's seven foot tall. Um, and, and they don't turn the ball over a lot. And if you look back earlier in the year, I think Wisconsin played Florida. Mm. And, uh, well, we'll get a chance to see what happens. But uh, certainly what I, I, want, I want to talk about, interesting enough, I want to give a shout-out to those young men at Northwestern University for standing up for what they believe in. And it's just hard. It's hard for anybody who wants to be you know, let's, 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 let's not take our emotions into a situation. Let's look at it and put it on paper. And when it's all said and done, and and you read the description of what is an employee, and when you look at what these young men are doing, and young women in some cases, and you look at what an employee is in that field of work, they're not doing anything any different than those other employees are doing. And, and as a matter of fact, because of, you know, some things that are going on in the world of sports as it relates to concussions and health and wellness, you know, they may even work harder in college than they're working in pros. And notice I said work. And so that's something that I, I want to talk a little bit about today. I probably want to spend a lot of time with that is, uh, you know, I certainly want to want to talk about that. And I, I want to talk about these young men who are now currently they are student athletes and they're going to become employees and if they're going to become employees i tell you somebody who's very much interested in them your uncle my uncle everybody's uncle uncle sam is interested in having a conversation with these young people at some point in time in their life uh, probably sooner than later uh, because of this thing certainly if it passes uh, they may even look back and 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 say in the past these prosperous days you know when you look at a scholarship and the way you look at it though you know it's been an exchange basically it, it, their their services and their, their goods and services in exchange for an education well yeah i guess that's zeroed out and you know sometimes somebody may want to look at that and they may they may want to question that you know what value did you put on that education you know if if you're at uh You know, let's say at The Ohio State University, if you're at Michigan, you're at Northwestern, you're at USC, you're at Dartmouth, you know, wherever you're at, you know, you value that education, I guess, based upon what the cost of school is, you know. Um, Is that now going to be factored into your compensation? I don't know. But anytime we're talking about tax, man, I always got to make sure I turn to a person who I know can give me the advice that I need. And right now, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to bring in a gentleman who's going to be able to talk just about taxes in particular, because there are so many athletes across the country. When you think about it, and you hear about some of the problems that athletes find themselves in, in particularly in that transition, a lot of it has to do with taxes. And I think it's not just athletes. It's, it's particularly when you get to entertainment, sports, and entertainment. And your lifestyle changes. You know, you got a hiccup here and there, or whatever. You got some people you're working with, and then, then they leave you, and you work with somebody else. You, you fire you fire them because you think perhaps maybe they've been doing some things that just aren't right. But you certainly want to make sure that you got a good person in your corner. And I got a good person in this corner today, and I'm going to have him, you know, join the show today and have some conversations. And he is from uh, Integrity Tax Relief, and that's Sam Hamilton. Sam, you there? I'm here, Ray. Hey, how you doing there, Sam? I'm great. Sam, let me, let me ask you a little bit, man. You know, you know, there's so many people out there that, you know, we all think we have some clue as to, you know, when it comes to, you know, Uncle Sam being in our pocket. You know, we know he's there. He's he's there even before we put our hand in our pocket. Uncle Sam has our, our hand in, in, in our pockets. But uh, let me ask you, uh, when you think about people in particular, when you look at folks like athletes and celebrities what is it in your mind just just thinking about that and perhaps maybe you've you've worked with some but certainly looking to work with more in the future what is it would you suggest that is unique about their situation that they find themselves having tax problems what is it so unique about their employment how they're compensated when they're compensated how much they're compensated why is it that you think they're more sus- sus- suspect, uh, you know, to be suspect to be somebody who's going to be there? Who's go- you're going to find them. He's a suspect. He's probably, he's an athlete. He's entertained. He's probably going to find himself in line with Uncle Sam in trouble. Why is that? Why do you think that is?
2: Well, I believe there's a, a couple of layers to consider when asking that question. One, Um, You know, all of us have heard the rags to riches story. And, you know, a lot of these athletes, uh, and, you know, I know a handful of athletes that I went to school with myself uh, here in Texas. Uh, A lot of them, uh, you know, come from a family that uh, may be at the poverty level or below poverty level in terms of income and revenues that have been generated through their household uh, over their years of growing up. And most individuals that, you know, are dealing with poverty, whether it's, you know, having a job that pays extremely low wages or uh, just, just simply having, you know, different life challenges that may have them in a position where they're struggling financially, uh, most of those individuals uh, have not had to deal with Uncle Sam, so to say. I'm um, Not myself, but we're talking about a ton of revenue service in terms of owing monies to the IRS. So, you know, a lot of those individuals come from families that the income levels were on the lower end, lower class, you know, maybe middle class. Um, But for the most part, most of those guys come from a lower class family, um, what I've seen, historically speaking. Now, you know, with that being said, you know, once they get through college and, you know, play, you know, football or basketball or, Baseball, or whatever the case may be, and they excel in that particular sport and in that particular profession and career, and is given the opportunity to perform at a national and professional level. You know that's a whole other world that's opened up to them in terms of uh, prosperity, and you know a a lot of those individuals are young. You know they're in their early twenties. They've never been able to. uh you know be in a position where they they they're receiving the type of salaries and incomes that they're receiving annually uh as a professional athlete and a lot of you know just don't they just don't know what they don't know and sometimes you got to bump your head a few times to notice that there's a wall there but in terms of professional athletes you know you go from uh you know uh a low income uh, household to being in the top percentiles of the country in terms of annual revenue and income. Uh, And we're talking about six and seven figures annually. And when you start getting into the six and seven figure, uh, you know, income range, and of course you're in a whole nother tax bracket, meaning Uncle Sam is going to be in your pocket a lot more. And as a result of receiving those uh, levels of income, they're being taxed at a much higher rate, so to say, or they're in a, A higher tax bracket, but by the time they found that out, one or two things have happened. Either one, their agent or their team that they have, you know, professionally assigned to them or they have, or that has been appointed to them or, you know, individuals that they've chosen. One, those individuals aren't looking out for that professional athlete's best interest. Or number two, the professional athlete is. Uh, caught up in the whirlwind of financial prosperity at the moment, and forgets about Uncle Sam, and diverts his, you know, his energy on, you know, homes, vehicles, partying, you know, clothing, uh, taking care of the friends and family and everyone else, but they did not think about their taxes. And in the end, I believe it's all about budgeting. It's all about budgeting and accounting for what the financial obligations are. And taxes are definitely one of those financial obligations for anyone.
1: Yeah, and and, and Sam, you, you bring up an interesting point there. In particular, you say you think the problem, you know, lies in budgeting. and, and But you also said some things earlier, uh, and I, I think times have changed. And I, I think what a lot of people are starting to uh, understand, uh, or, or let me say this, no, they're not starting to understand, and, and they should understand, is that the landscape of professional athletes Really has changed in terms of where these young men are coming from. Many times and many years ago, uh, when I particularly, when I played, and in, in, let say in the eighties, uh, you know, late eighty early to late eighties, you know, and before, a lot of the kids came from urban America, but things are changing now. There's some, you know, second and third generation of athletes, and and, and a lot of the kids are coming from the suburbs, and then not only that. Uh, You know, there's been a a group of people, again, lifestyle has changed, more educated, better education. So then you're moving to the suburbs. So if they are from an athletic family or not, it's just the fact that they've moved to a different demographic in terms of earning capacity. They've moved out to some other suburban neighborhoods. And, And so that has changed a little bit. But one thing that hasn't changed is when you talk about when you talk about budgeting. And and the majority of times, again, when kids turn 18, some of them feel as if they know everything the world has to offer them. They don't, they don't understand that you don't know what you don't know. But that's the problem is that they, before in terms of their budget – They had no concerns about a budget whatsoever because everything was pretty much being taken care of for them. So what I am going to do is you and I are going to talk a little bit more about that budgeting in particular, because I think that's, as you said, where the problem starts with. And and I think we need to, you know, dig deep into that and talk about that a little bit more. We're going to take a break. I got my friend on with me now. I got Sam Hamilton from Integrity Tax Relief. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. Of course, the Final Four matters to me. Uh, but what also matters to me is those young men who are participating in that Final Four, uh, their tax bracket is about to change. With that is going to come some problems of which some of them may find themselves in, and it's the kind of problems you never want to have. Uncle Sam's got his hand in his pocket long before you even dig in it yourself. And that's why I have my man Sam Hamilton on with me today from Integrity Tax Relief, because we're talking about some of the young things perhaps, some of the things that the young man perhaps can do prior to that, uh, they, prior to them find themselves in a situation where they have to deal with Uncle Sam in such a way, because Uncle Sam will punk you. <laughs> Believe me, he, he's one of the few people that exists in, in the world that when he calls, you better answer. Uh, when he tells you to do something, you better do it. Uh, he's a bully and uh, has no shame in his game whatsoever. But let's talk about budgeting. Uh, Sam, you, you have young men who go from a budget of probably, I'm not going to say anything because that's not true. You know, one thing for sure is people who have been around athletics at at the highest level. And the And the highest level, let me just say this, for those of you out there who may not know, there's increments that exist within every level, at the high school, at the college, and at pros. You have people who, have, who enjoy a little bit more success materialistically and financially at every level. There are superstars in various cities across the United States of America where young men are being compensated on a level based upon where they are. Uh, in high school, based upon how well you're doing, and you know how how the the pursuit of, of your of your abilities to the next level, you got a little package there. When you get to college, depending on how good you are, and um, you know the pursuit of the National Football League and NBA and hockey and baseball, then again, you're another kind of level. Even there. And once you reach the professional levels, you know, you've you've hit that home run. But when it comes to budgeting in college, Sam, they're probably talking about a couple thousand dollars they're budgeting with. They go from a couple thousand dollars, you know, a year to a couple thousand dollars a minute. Uh, How do you work with, how do you educate, where does the solution come into play To prepare these young people better than they've been prepared in the past when it relates to budgeting and understanding that when you sign a check or when you sign a contract, when you sign a contract for millions of dollars, or let's say, let's just use a a number in general, you sign a contract for a million dollars. That million dollars, all of that million dollars doesn't belong to you, and you're probably not getting all of that one million dollars. Uncle Sam is getting something. But are the tax problems starting with the fact that nobody has sit down with them and talked to them about or educated them? This is some, some literacy, financial literacy that needs to be discussed and taught, I believe, early on. And perhaps you could eliminate some of these problems. But is that indeed the problem that there's none of that financial literacy, that education going on with the amount of you are about to receive this money, but it's not all yours? And, And perhaps maybe somebody needs to give them a little bit more education about, you know, compensation as an employee going forward from this point on.
2: Well, I I believe there are some athletes that uh, may have been fortunate to have um, uh, individuals that have been appointed to them uh, in the financial arena as a go-to resource for them to keep their financial affairs in order. Um, However, I also believe that there are a larger portion of those individuals uh, that may not have been uh, fortunate to have someone appointed to them, number one, let alone someone appointed that really cares about them as an individual as opposed to an asset or a machine, so to say. And all I mean by that is, you know, we all have our own, uh, uh, you know, professional endeavors and careers or what have you as individuals. Um, That's one thing. But another thing is to go beyond the call of duty to make sure that you operate with the level of integrity operate with a a level of affectionate uh, and, you know, also uh, operate at a level of really caring about the person as an individual and not a number. And, you know, I like to give that scenario, given that, you know, our clients, you know, contact us all across the country. All of the individuals that owe monies to the IRS have about the same problem. It's just the specifics of their case is different. Now, we... Focus on quality as opposed to quantity, meaning our clients are people you know their husbands their wives their fathers their mothers you know their business owners they you know former professional athletes as well um, they're you know we like to treat our customers as people and I think you know uh, a lot of the agents you know uh you know that are representing some of these players are looking at their players as numbers as opposed to a person. Now, what I mean by that is they're looking at the check that the athlete had just received and saying, well, how much of that check can I receive before I even talk about anything else, you know, as it relates to the athlete's personal affairs. Meaning, you know, if you receive, we'll just use the million dollar number as an example. You know, if you went from a, you know, $2,000 per month budget to one hundred thousand dollars per month, you know you've gone from a fifteen percent tax bracket all the way up to thirty nine thirty nine percent. Meaning, you know, when you were receiving two thousand dollars per month, you were in a much lower tax bracket. You know, uh, you were paying a lot less taxes on your income, and you may not had any taxes that were owed because of you know standard deductions and what have you. You know, given that the income was much lower. But we're talking about a, a three-fold increase in tax obligations from $2,000 per month to $100,000 per month. That's 50 times the amount of income per month that you're receiving at the million-dollar level and a three-time amount of taxes that you now have to pay on that income. So when you may have gotten a check for $1 million, Uncle Sam really had his hands in about four hundred thousand of those dollars, three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand dollars or so of those dollars. So now the question is, what is it that you're going to do with the rest of those monies? If you've been taking your taxes off the top, you know. And when we talk about budgeting, we talk about you know uh, food, clothing, miscellaneous items that you know we go throughout the day, you know, go out, go throughout our lives and make purchases, but do we really pay attention to what we're purchasing? You know, uh, when you have housing and, you know, utilities. You know, professional athletes are normally going to live in a much larger home. But keep it in mind that a much larger home comes with, you know, more property taxes on top of your home. It comes with larger utility expenses because of larger square footage. And, of course, you have maintenance you know, as well to keep up with those beautiful homes. Now, are those necessary living expenses such as maintenance and pools and all of that? No, but those are luxury items that, you know, the athlete has the opportunity to enjoy that they always dreamed of. But, you know, are you looking at the full picture in terms of what your monthly obligations are going to be when we start talking about housing, utilities, you know, transportation, you know, uh uh, food, clothing, and miscellaneous items, taxes, you know, um, health insurances, uh, you know, attorneys or agents, and, you know, are you really looking at all of those numbers on paper and really itemizing those numbers on paper to know where you're at and being able to go back and study your bank accounts and, you know, where your monies have gone over the last six months as opposed to checking it once per year. And just saying, as long as I have the money in the account, I'm okay. So I think that, you know, once you develop a pattern as a professional athlete, um, you'll be able to go back and look at your track record to see how you're performing, you know, from a budgeting standpoint. But, you know, most athletes are focused on performing as an athlete. They're depending on other individuals and other professionals to guide them and support them in their, you know, um financial affairs when it comes to budgeting and, and taxes and you know investments and different things of that nature but you have to keep in mind you know a lot of individuals are looking at what's in it for me as opposed to what can i do to serve this individual
1: and, and sam you said something that's very important and i like for you to, to elaborate that on that a little bit we got about three more minutes before we go to our next break and 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 your from your perspective um is that dangerous to rely so heavily on s- other people to do the work for you? I mean, I, I mean, really, when you really think about it, uh, you know, it's, I think it's best to let professionals do what they do. But at some point in time, should the knowledge be transferred? Should you be totally dependent upon the individual? Like some people we're talking, uh, you're, we're talking, and this is a conservative number. You're talking about guys are getting $50,000 checks every week. You know, and beyond You know, a fifty thousand dollar check. You know, you only making to get a fifty thousand dollar check a week. You know, for a season. You know, you that's less than a million dollars. You mm-hmm. know, that that's only about seven hundred. That might be like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in order for you to get a fifty a fifty thousand dollar check each week. So I mean, that's relatively nothing in the NFL. So so that kind of money, again, going from a a twenty one year old kid. You know, and you said $2,000 a month, that'd be $24,000 a year. They're not making that much money. So, they're they, you know, they're on the lower end of that. They're like half of that. So should you really expect that this person is going to have uh, the knowledge in order to make an, uh, the best decision for himself, you know, coming out of school to, to get with the right person who's going to help him make the right decisions when it comes to budgeting. I I think that's somewhat unfair because I think the average person, well, hell the average person never gets to the point where they're making $5 million a year. So if you got a ball player that comes out of college was making nothing, I would say nah, he's making $5 million a year and he's supposed to make the right decision and choose the right people to help him manage $5 million a year. I think it takes the average person time to mature, you know, business wise and, and just to, to learn how to do that in a business, let alone be an individual, I, I think that's kind of harsh on an individual to think that they'd be able to, 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 to know how to pick the right person to help them manage that kind of money. Would, would, that, would you agree with that or disagree with that? And we're going to skip this break, by the way, guys. I'll go on, on my cue, okay? So go ahead, Sam, answer that for me
2: i'm I'm glad you mentioned that uh ray what i would it kind of goes back to what I was sharing uh uh a moment ago about uh, you know uh, being families. able to go back and look at the history mm-hmm. look at the trend, look at the performance you know out the gate you know uh you know uh, a decision is gonna have to be made by that professional athlete given that they're you know in their early twenties, they're really young, and this is all new to them. I think it's really good. it comes down to a matter of balance. Out the gate, the, I believe the professional athlete should depend on someone professional that you know can be of a resource to them to get a second opinion or get their feedback from a financial perspective. Um, given that you know those professionals have experienced those. You know, uh, situations a lot more than the professional athlete is experiencing. Meaning, the professional athlete's experience is in football. We'll just use football players for example. Their professional experience is in football. They're paid to perform on the football field. Now, uh, let's just say tax attorneys, their job is to perform as a tax attorney, not a professional athlete. So, when it comes to tax laws and different things of that nature, you know that's the uh the um uh, the function of the professional uh tax attorney that's representing the football player okay now when the football player has that professional you know by his side, it's more like you having a mother or a father by your side you know when you're a baby you don't know how to crawl you know. <laughs> You, you, you definitely hadn't started crawling, you know, at, at the newborn age. Then you start crawling. You know, then you start walking. Then you start running. It's the same, you know, uh, idea when we start looking at professional athletes. You know, from a financial standpoint, they went from crawling to running. Now, from a maturity standpoint and a personal development standpoint, you know, they've, they've got to start by crawling you know, or they're still crawling given that they're still young. You know, they just have become legal adults Mm -hmm. at the age of, you know, 18. So, you know, we're talking about three years into, you know, them being a legal adult according to the law of the land, Uh, but also keeping in mind that they are fresh out of college as well. And, you know, most of the time, you know, most individuals are thinking about their education, you know, playing sports. And partying, you know, mm. from a, at the college level. You know, they're not thinking about families. They're not thinking about, uh, you know, uh, uh, budgeting and different things of that nature. So they they have to have a mother, father figure. Sometimes we call them mentors, you know, to be able to lean on uh, for understanding and education and information. And all of that doesn't come overnight. Yes. You know, just like they made it to the league you know, uh, finally, that didn't come overnight. All of that came through preparation. So I, I believe the same thing, you know, same practices need to be put in place from a financial standpoint is you, you've got to be nurtured, you have to be taught, you have to, you know, be receptive, but you also have to use your instincts as well.
1: Well, I, needs- I, I certainly could appreciate all those things you just said there, Sam, and And I really like the example that you gave of, you know, uh, the maturity and and the development from from crawling to running because that's that's what happens with athletes they they, they strike it rich you, you, there's no walking in in the and from no from no money to a lot of money <laughs> you know and Absolutely. so and so therefore it, it kind of reminds me of the movie I'm sure you may have seen it years ago like I did Trading Places you know there's many people who can throw darts but. Let them trade places with the athlete, and they would find themselves sometimes in the same position. I know I've been told uh, I'm not a medical doctor myself, but I've, as I'm have on the understanding because I've talked to quite a few of them. Medical doctors find themselves in the same position many times as athletes because all of a sudden they're making a lot of money, They but they can afford to make mistakes for the simple reason they're going to do what they do for 30 years. They can continue to practice medicine, and again, they're practicing <laughs> you know medicine and they're getting compensated very well. Athletes only have three to four years, you know, on an average. So they're gonna get, you know, thirty years of perhaps maybe what would be earning for the average person, they're gonna get that in three or four years. And and then of course, you know, just like microwave generation we live in now they don't wait for anything so they don't wait to buy the big house with some people it it took you 15 20 years before you bought the big house the athlete buys the big house the first time around you know and then he buys a a big house and he gets a 30-year mortgage and he's only working for three years (laughs) but he's taking out a 30-year mortgage so i would be interested in knowing Because I think in the United States of America, the tax problem doesn't just lie with our athletes and celebrities, although they're out there and they're the ones that we hear and we see about. You probably can talk to it, Sam, and and speak to the fact that there are many people who run into these problems. And because of that, that's where I'm trying to find out. Where, when, and how is the solution to eliminating these kinds of problems? Are we, are we missing the boat? I mean, you've, you've been in these classrooms. You know how people are taught, you know, how they're educated. What about the education process as it relates to taxes are we missing?
2: Well, I, I believe it comes down to uh, just being educated financially and being financially, um, uh, you know, cognizant and conscious about, you know, how we're going about with our financial affairs. And it it goes back to the whole budgeting idea and taking care of your financial responsibilities, meaning a number of taxpayers, you know, and I just use self-employed contractors as an example, you know, that receive 1099s each year, whether if you're in construction, you know, real estate, you know, sales, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, if you're receiving income where the employer isn't taking out the taxes for you, it's your responsibility to, you know, take out those taxes and make your estimated tax payments on a, on a quarterly basis. A number of those individuals doesn't realize it until they file their tax return for that year. You know, when tax season comes around and they file their tax returns and they wonder, well, you know, why do I owe Uncle Sam fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 for one year when I've never filed, you know, when I've never owed before? And the reason being is, is you know, that individual earned $100,000 for the year and didn't pay a dime in taxes throughout the entire year, and it goes back to the budgeting. You know, it goes back to, you know, uh, sometimes you have to bump your head on the wall a few times before you notice the wall is there. But what happens is, When a taxpayer finds out they owe this large sum of money and doesn't have the financial wherewithal to pay it, a lot of them will go and stick their head in the sand, for lack of better words, meaning if I ignore it, maybe it'll go away. Same thing when, you know, when we start talking about, you know, credit cards or even mortgages, you know, we all at some point or another have found ourselves in a rough spot or a rough patch, where we may be in a financial dilemma and we don't know a way out. You know, it's, it's no different than taxes. It's a financial obligation for each United States citizen to pay taxes. And, you know, when you look at that as a whole, it comes down to, you know, out of the income that I'm receiving, how much of my income is supposed to go to Uncle Sam? And once you're able to determine that, you know, then you'll be able to know what you need to do to stay on track in the future. Meaning, if you've had a history of receiving, you know, $100,000 annually in income, and your your tax liability year after year has been, you know, $15,000, $20,000 or so, it has to come a point in time when you realize that my actions are creating some results that I don't like. Mm. So if I want some different results, I've got to put forth Some different action or put forth some different effort, you know, and also think a little bit different in terms of, you know, where my mindset is or where my uh, commitment is in terms of my financial obligation without neglecting your taxes in the end. So, Sam, let and, me you know, ask you. It, it doesn't go away on its own.
1: Yeah, it does and And, and let me ask you this. Is it, You mentioned something about the head in the sand. I'm not going to say I haven't been there before. I Man, I didn't want to pull my head out of the sand. But you, you have to. At some point in time, you have to become a communicator with Uncle Sam. Is it best that you communicate yourself, or is it at that time, is it when somebody should call you?
2: It really depends on the magnitude of the problem. You know, uh, a lot of people are afraid of Uncle Sam, you know, and Uncle Sam does, you know, he, he will drop the hammer.
1: He got a you. big stick, man. He got a big <laughs> stick. <laughs> no doubt about it, Sam. He got a big stick. So, we're,
2: we're not denying that a bit. But okay. Because we deal with Uncle Sam on a day-to-day basis, we're, we're immune to Uncle Sam. So Uncle Sam doesn't bother us. We understand the terminology. We understand the lingo. We understand the processes. That alone gives a lot of individuals peace of mind. And you can't, you know, and happiness and peace of mind is, you know, one of those riches of life, according to Napoleon Hill, which is one of my favorite authors. Yes. You know, the author of Think and Grow Rich. But happiness and peace of mind is one of those riches of life. And a lot of individuals put a value to that peace of mind, just knowing that you have the right person in your corner, given that Uncle Sam's job is to collect taxes. It, Uncle Sam's job isn't to help the taxpayer. Now, will you find some individuals, you know, within the Internal Revenue Service that's willing to help the taxpayer? Absolutely. But for the most part, their job is to collect taxes. Our job is to represent the taxpayer in their best interest and let them know what their options are and what we're doing, while we're doing it, what I think the process is behind it, and letting them know that we want to educate you through the process and we're here for you for the future. So that alone gives a lot of individuals a certain level, you know, in terms of peace of mind. But, Sam, also,
1: there's also another piece of that I want to throw out there before we go to this break, and we we may have to go to this break. I'll let you know here. Uh, But some people are saying, I can't afford to pay Uncle Sam. How am I going to be able to afford to pay Sam, even though I know I need integrity tax relief? I can't afford to even pay the tax bill. How am I going to afford to be able to afford to pay Sam as well?
2: Well, there's two things to consider. When, we, when you start talking about negotiating with the IRS, uh, the best time to negotiate with the IRS is if you're struggling financially. Okay. And what I mean by that is if you don't have the financial wherewithal to pay the debt, it's just a matter of being able to prove that on paper. That's what's going to increase your chances of being able to settle your tax debt. Now, The second thing is that the the taxpayer has to put a value behind what they're paying for, meaning if, if they don't have the financial wherewithal to pay their taxes, that may not be a good thing for them personally, but it goes a long way in terms of negotiating with the IRS. But then you have to look at the second factor is education and experience. Does the taxpayer have the education and experience and understand what their options are when you start talking about negotiating with the IRS, if that taxpayer doesn't have that, they're going to, have to pay for an education from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Either they'll have to pay, you know, learn it the hard way or pay someone to, you know, go ahead and address it for them proactively up front. Wow. And then the rest of it will just be a matter of putting a value behind what you're paying for and just doing what you have to do to secure the resources and funds to hire the help that you need.
1: But if I hear you loud and clear, if if you've got a problem, regardless if you're an athlete, an entertainer, a celebrity, or you're the person who punches the clock every day from 9 to 5, if you've got a problem with Uncle Sam, putting your head in the sand is not the solution to that problem.
2: Absolutely not. It's not going to fix itself. It's not going to go away on its own. Uh, It's best to fix it on your terms and not the IRS's terms.
1: So I'll I tell you what, I, I know there are many people out there who could be listening. Uh, if, if you want to call, you can call 888-346-9144. Uh, I've got Sam on the phone now. You might have a tax problem. You might want to ask him a question. Uh, I'm sure before this uh, show is over, we're going to make sure that we give you information. Uh, of how to uh, contact Sam. But uh, this is a show that I wanted to do in particular at this time of year because it's that time. April 15th, will be here in 14 days from now, and there are many people who are struggling and having problems, many people who do not want... they don't answer the phone. I've been there before in my life, you know. So, like you said, we've all pretty much had, you know, the six degrees of separation. Uncle Sam is, he's in your pocket. There's no separation. <laughs> he's in your pocket, and he will remain there. But if you need a solution, uh, I think we, dirt, we certainly have a, a solution for you here with Integrity Tax Relief, and uh, Sam Hamilton is on with us. Uh, Sam, let me let me just ask you uh, one quick thing before we, we, we take a break. Uh, why don't you uh, tell people a little bit about where they can find you at, if there's a website, and then what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. So you tell them a little bit about the website um, and who they might speak to or if, if they might even have a chance to speak to you when they log on to that website.
2: Sure. Our website address is uh, www.integritytaxrelief.com. Our toll-free number is one eight hundred five one seven. 0146. You can also reach myself directly at 713-391-8530. My email address is shamilton at integritytaxhouston.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Integrity Tax Relief and also on Twitter at Integrity Tax R. So we're socially active with social media as well.
1: All right. I tell you what, listen, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. We've been talking to Sam Hamilton from Integrity Tax Relief. It's that time of the year. I'm sure a lot of you folks know it, but also... My wife is from St. Louis. I've been hearing this all my life. Don't be scarred. Don't be scarred. Go ahead. Call Sam. You need some help. <laughs> the problem is not going away. Uncle Sam is in your pocket. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back.
0: Internet flagship station for sports. Voice
3: America Sports.
1: All right. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, it is the final four, of course. And uh, we're going to have a champion coming up pretty soon. And who that champion may be, I'm not a betting man. um, But uh, if I were a betting man, would I say Florida? Mm, I don't know about that. Because I've truly seen Florida not do well uh, against Wisconsin. And and it's one of those things like in the NBA, you know, I think when you look at the San Antonio Spurs, OKC, I think they kind of, they, they play them better than in a lot of other teams. But then when OKC plays against Miami, they don't play Miami too well. But at the same time, when Miami plays against OKC, they're fine. But when they play against San Antonio, they, they have some problems. So... This this Kentucky Wisconsin thing, man. I I'm, I'm sorry. Just this for me, Florida Wisconsin thing. You know, I, I phew, man. I'm just gonna think about that. I'm not gonna give a pick. I'm just gonna think about that. You guys know who you pick who you want to pick. But uh, what I do want to do is I I want to get back to talking about taxes because as I said, there's no shame in my game. I've dealt with Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam is still probably wants to have a conversation with me. On April 15th, if not before, certainly right after that, he probably wants to have a conversation with me. And and so I want to have a conversation with with Sam Hamilton. And Sam is from Integrity Tax Relief. And it, it's one of those situations where, again, I think when it comes to Uncle Sam, it's one of those things where there's a lot of pride. And a lot of times we're a lot of we're ashamed of, of a situation and somebody who tends to have a lack of patience when it comes to dealing with. The individual that's on the other end of the phone, and so Sam, when you when you you know people who find themselves you know you know how we say, uh, you know the pride comes before the fall, you know who who are so prideful and and feel so so shameful about their situation. What do you say to them? Are are they one of very few or are they one of of many people? who find themselves in a situation where you've got to deal with Uncle Sam and, and forget the pride, forget the shame, uh, just just handle your business?
2: Well, what I normally, you know, share with those individuals is, you know, something from the late and great, you know, Michael Jackson. You are not alone. You know, you're not the only individual that has a tax problem that will ever have a tax problem. And you're not the only, you won't be the last individual that has a tax problem. You know, that's the first thing that I like the taxpayer or the individual to know. And that's whether if you're an everyday worker, an entrepreneur, you know, large or small business owner, you know, uh, professional athlete, current, former, entertainer, you know, musician, whatever. All of us have, you know, uh, you know, uh, we, we have to pay our rent for occupying, you know, the soil in the country. And, you know, different people have their different takes on, you know, what taxes are being used for and, you know, um, what they may believe about taxes and the government and use of those fundings or what have you. But at the end of the day, we're paying rent to occupy space, you know, in United States, the best country on the planet at that but at the end of the day we all have our own personal responsibility and you know, it goes for all of us. You know, whether if you're low income, you know, lower class, middle class, or or upper class, you're not the only one that has to pay taxes and you won't be the last one to pay taxes either. And you know, I just you know, tell the individual to hand everything over to us. We're here to help them. We're here to serve them. We're here to educate them. It's just going to take time, energy, effort, and commitment. And you've got to get out of your comfort zone as well. You know, if you're not not out of your comfort zone, you're not growing. And, you know, a lot of us sometimes get complacent in life where, you know, we're fine with things as they are. And taxes are one of those things that you cannot have that mindset. You cannot say that I'm fine and okay with owing taxes. It's going to catch up with you eventually. And that's when it starts costing you more than it could have cost you from the beginning. So the main idea is to face it head on. Know that you're not the only one in that situation. You won't be the only, you won't be the last one in that situation. And there's help out there. It's just a matter of you making a decision and taking that leap of faith.
1: Let's talk a little bit, Sam, if you will, about get out of your comfort zone. Because that's, 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 uh, uh, you know, one of those Cliche is one of those slogans that's that's used a lot of times, particularly when you know in business or or just being successful. If you if you're comfortable, there, there's probably you you're not challenging yourself. You know you know go ahead and, and get out of that comfort zone, and 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 so speak to us a little bit about from a tax preparation perspective or tax resolution perspective. What you mean by get out of your comfort zone?
2: What I simply mean by that. You know, by getting out of your comfort zone is most taxpayers call us when Uncle Sam has dropped the hammer. And, you know, they've neglected their, you know, their taxes. They've ignored all communications from the IRS and they've just turned a deaf ear to internal revenue service. And that's their thinking that they've had. That's the action that they've had that has created the results that they have right now. And that has been comfortable for them. Now, you know, I like to tell taxpayers this all the time. Either you can make yourself uncomfortable by fixing it, whether if it's just the idea of fixing it, whether if it's, you know, finding the financial wherewithal to get the help that you need. If you're not in the financial position to hire professional help, all of that is going to be uncomfortable. You know, the time that it's going to take to resolve these debts, you know, sometimes rate. You know, negotiating with the IRS can take one to two years. On average, it's a four- to six-month process. But I've seen some cases take up to two years to resolve. And that's a pretty long-term commitment, you know, to an energy that has to be put forth, you know, over a one- to two-year period. And that's not necessarily comfortable. But, you know, the the, the the effort that's being put behind it and the actions that are being put forth and having a different thinking pattern is what's going to bring the results that you really need for yourself to get yourself where you're trying to go. So either you can keep all that and, you know, put that into perspective as an individual and make the commitment to do something different so you can get some different results, or the IRS will make you uncomfortable by forcing you to fix it. And it's better to be proactive, not reactive. <laughs> better to fix it on your terms, yes. not the IRS's terms. Okay. You know, a lot of people call us when our house is on fire. We'll put the fire out, but we wish we could have, you know, uh, put the fire out when it was, you know, you just had a couple of leaves smoking in the backyard.
1: Well, I, I, we don't. I certainly like the, the name of the company, Sam, you know, Integrity Tax Relief, because, you know, that at least lets you know, hey, these are people that uh, certainly the name in itself let let you know that uh, you should feel somewhat comfortable about the relief that you're going to give to them because, you know, integrity is important to all people. And it kind of, you know, that goes, falls right into that shame and, and pride and things of, uh, of that nature. So uh, if they got to get out of that comfort zone and they got to pick up the phone, uh, I hope they pick up that phone and they call you. And if they're going to call you again, let's go over some of that information. They can reach you uh, at, at, a, at a website and, and, and a phone number. So if you can do that, because we got about two minutes and we got to close.
2: Sure. Our website address is www.integritytaxrelief.com. Our toll-free number is 1-800-517-0146. You can also reach myself directly at 713-391-8530. You can also find us on Facebook at Integrity Tax Relief. Also, make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Integrity Tax Relief are.
1: And I'll tell you what, I'm going to take care of my business and I'm going to be social. I'm going to go out and make sure that I do that. And by the way, if you visit the website, there's some other information out there too. I think there's a referral program going on as well. So uh, once you get comfortable uh, with Integrity Tax Relief yourself, if you need to call them uh, and you feel comfortable, go ahead and refer a friend. That's like good food. If you want to send your friends there, you know it's the right place to go. Sam, thanks so much, man. I'm going to be in touch with you and hopefully we'll have you back. Uh, And I know there's a few players out there listening. Go ahead and call Sam if you need some help. Don't be scared. Call Sam. You've been listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We got to go, so I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
0: Thank you for spending this hour with Rayella Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit rayellasports.com. That's rayellasports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.